Hi guys, this is Mike Young with Noble Warriors coming to you with episode six of the Noble Man podcast. And I have to tell you, back here in this studio at the Noble Warriors Leadership Zone, Todd has gotten himself a new haircut, and boy, he looks sharp. I tell you, it's not easy to find a place to get a haircut during this COVID crisis time. Are you marking that down so you can take it out? <laughs> but he does look good, I'll just tell you, because you can't see him very well. At any rate, hey, listen, wanted to tell you the Nobleman podcast. I wanted to give you a little background on this, uh, because we are getting ready to do a little bit of a pivot with how we're going to title the podcast and what we're going to do with things. We have landed on the noble man and that the, the word noble for the noble warriors name came from Isaiah 32 verse 8, which in the NIV says, but the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. And so when I was working on the, the name for the ministry, I think I talked about this a little bit in podcast episode one about the origin of Noble Warriors. I mentioned finding that verse. We knew that Warriors was going to be part of the name, but we weren't sure about what went in front of that. And when I found that verse, Isaiah 32, 8 again, you're going to hear it over and over again until you're sick of it or you memorize it, which I think would be a healthy alternative. Um, but Isaiah 32, 8 says, the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. The focus of this podcast um, on an ongoing basis is going to be characteristics of the noble man. So that's what we're what we're rocking now. And today's title is the noble man is a player. And uh, we just had a little fun with that idea of the noble man being a player. And what we're talking about is a player of family games. Now, I have to tell you, I failed kindergarten. Um, and it's it's an interesting story. But I walked into the classroom when I was a little kid and asked the teacher. My mom was involved to ask the teacher what I should do. And she said, just go over there and play. And I said, look, lady, I don't play. And so consequently, I didn't do well in kindergarten. Now, that's a made up story. And my boys laugh at it every time I tell it. But to this day, I still am not a very engaged player of games. I'm not, I'm not the first guy that wants to get out the deck of Uno cards and sit around the table and play Uno or any of those things. I'm just not a very engaged game player. As a matter of fact, um, we did a survey last week and asked guys who, who's a player and who's not. And so it was interesting that 17% of the guys responded said, no, they don't play games. They don't play games with their family. 83% said yes. And I would be one who says yes, but I do so reluctantly. I would want to put a qualifier on my response to that. So like the other night at the house, the kids went out in the cul-de-sac, were playing knockout basketball. So I went out there and played, but I lose a lot when I do that. I'm just... um. And, and we talk about being competitive. I'm not a super competitive guy when it comes to games because ah, a big deal. It's a game. Now, I am competitive. I want to win at a lot of things. But when it comes to games, I'm not super competitive. I don't really care whether I win spoons or not or crazy eights or old maid or Candyland. I just really I struggle with that. But here's what I want to say to you guys. You need to play games with your family. Um, and, and especially during this season with the COVID crisis and the quarantines and the stay-at-home measures and all of that stuff, man, you have time to interact with your family in ways that you haven't had likely in the past and may not ever have again in this sort of quantity of time. So let me just kind of dig into some reasons why I think you should be a player of games. So let me start with this. Number one, um, 
Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. So for your children, love is not spelled L-O-V-E. It's spelled T-I-M-E. And so if you're really going to express love to your kids, even your older kids, and I would dare say your adult kids, if you're going to express love to them, then it comes in the time that you invest in getting to know them, in appreciating them, in engaging them. And so playing games is a great way to do that, even if you're not a player. So, uh, as a matter of fact, that that idea of love being spelled T-I-M-E came from a curriculum uh, written by a fellow by the name of Bob Hamron. He was the first guy I heard use that um, strategy. He wrote a curriculum called Great Dads. I got connected with that probably 15 or 20 years ago. And his, his whole premise was, if you're going to be a great dad, then you have to love your kids by spending time with them. And I will probably in multiple episodes talk about this, but we have lots of folks in our in our time, in our culture that say quality time trumps quantity time. And that is absolutely true. Man, you love those quality moments when you're teaching, when you're engaged with your kids, when when things are right with the world, with you and your kids. Those are quality moments and you want to shoot for those. But here's the here's the paradox in that. You have no idea when the quality moment is going to come. And some of your very best efforts to create a quality moment are going to fall flat. I know lots of guys who spend a big amount of money to create quality moments with their kids, but they never come. And that's because quality moments come in the quantity of time availability. And so one of the stories that I tell is that our kids often would be ready to talk at a time when we weren't necessarily ready to listen, but we had to engage them. And so I'm bringing all of this up in the context of games because when you spend the quantity of time playing games and and just with your kids, then the quality moments come. So uh, first first item here, the reason you should be a player, Dad, is because love is spelled T-I-M-E, and you have to spend quantity of time to get quality moments. Don't miss that. Then the next thing I want to say, and these are in no particular order, but you need to get on their level. You know, I spent a lot of time laying on the floor playing Candyland and Hi-Ho Cherio and Pretty Pretty Princess and a variety of other goofy games that uh, really didn't seem to have a huge point to them, but they were valuable because I was on the floor with my kids at their level, engaging them, having fun, talking to each other, and just yucking it up. We had a great time doing games together. And so those are, you need to get on their level. As they get older, then the games get more complex. You can start talking about different things. You can engage them in different ways. And so you want to recognize that you need to meet them where they are. And I would even say this, um, sports is a whole different category of gaming here and playing games and spending time together. But here's a concern that I have about what I see with sports. Too often, we're trying to get four- and five-year-old kids out there to play baseball and softball when they they just don't have the motor skills to do it. And I see parents create a lot of frustration on the part of their kids because they can't execute the way that they want or the way that their parents feel like they should. And biologically, they're just not ready for that. So make sure that whatever game you're doing, you're doing at a level that they can fully engage and embrace. 
and delight in. You don't want to drag them through something that they're going to hate. You really want this to be a fun time and activity for them. So make sure you get on their level, whatever that is. Now, next thing I want to say is be intentional, especially with character development. And folks, you'll hear me over and over again use this word intentional. I think men, as a general rule, need to be intentional. And and sometime I'll tell you some stories about why that is so important to me. But here's here's what I mean with that. You need to execute life with purpose. Don't just wander through life doing things and and yucking it up. And it's it's okay to have fun. I'm not against that. But you need to be in the back of your mind thinking, what is the purpose of this? What what am I going to be able to teach my kids? How am I going to share some truth with them? What am I going to do in this to be the spiritual leader in the household? And, and you may say, well, that's just way out there. That's too complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. Listen, follow me on these couple of things. Number one, in this category, being intentional, especially with character development, you want to teach your kids to win with grace. So if they win, when they win, and I'm not a big fan of just letting them win. I think you need to you need to be competitive with your kids. Um, but when they do win, you need to teach them to win with grace. I get a little frustrated when I see you know, a bunch of seven-year-olds rubbing other kids' noses and stuff when they've beaten them. Man, we can do worlds of good for their character development by teaching them how to win with grace and how to appreciate the opportunity to compete and not to dominate or beat someone. And there's there's a time for aggressiveness and all of those things. I'm not saying that they're you know, that that's completely out. But when we do win, we need to win with grace. And here's why. There will be a day when your child will lose and they need to lose with humility. As a matter of fact, I, I, I'll go back again just a little bit to the sports thing. I, I One of my kids was part of a team that had not been scored on and they would let other kids play until someone was about to score. And then they put all the good kids in because they wanted to have uh, not only an undefeated season, but a season where no one had scored on them. And I was just beside myself with frustration from these coaches because, man, your kids don't learn the full experience of competition and life unless they have some losses. And I'm not saying you want your kids to lose every time, but I can also tell you that I've been on some teams in my life and done some things where I couldn't win. And it was just frustrating. And boy, the character that you developed in losing is very valuable. So so you need to be intentional and help yourself and your kids understand that you learn character by winning gracefully and losing with humility and dignity. You've, you've got to understand how to help your kids in both of those arenas. Now, you also need to learn how your kids need to learn how to play fair. There is a set of rules for most games, and you need to follow those rules. You need to ask them, is that what the rules say? Teach your kids to follow the rules and be compliant with the rules. This is very important. And listen, here's the spiritual truth in this. There is a set of spiritual rules. The Lord has given us some guidelines for life. And if we follow the rules and do what we're supposed to do, then things are generally going to work out well. But my goodness, when you step outside of the boundaries of what God has established for us in terms of rules for um, behavior that honors him, then the consequences get dangerous, and you want to avoid that. So teach your kids how to play by the rules and play fair. Now, that means that they have to know the rules and they can't change the rules. 
As a matter of fact, we had a we had a funny scenario. We used to play front yard baseball, stick ball, soccer, all kinds of different things. And um, we ultimately had this game that we called B-Man Ball. And the reason it was called B-Man Ball was because Ben changed the rules all the time to his favor. And we joked about that. But to this day, we talk about B-Man Ball is when Benjamin, our youngest son, always wants to manipulate the rules in his favor. And that's, again, not how life works. So, man, what a cool teaching opportunity to remind your kids that they can't change the rules midstream just because it's good for them. Listen, Patrick Morley in his book, uh, The Man in the Mirror, said that God made man in his image and then man returned the favor. So just sit with that for a few minutes. God made man in his image. So man is made in the image of God and then man made God in the image of man. by ret- And that's how we return the favor. And so we want God to actually, we want our God to be made in our image so that we're comfortable with who he is and what he requests of us so that we change the rules. Because um, the thought of standing in front of a holy God and being accountable to a righteous God is challenging for us. But that's exactly why it's so important for us to teach our kids that there are rules and we have to obey them because God establishes the rules for the universe and for life. When we deviate for those, we have we have trouble. And then another piece that I put down here is you teach your kids strategy. I love it when we talk about how do you strategize when you're playing games. Man, whether you're playing Rummy or Phase 10, Battleship, um, Blockus, man, some of the games, uh, Settlers of Catan, there are all kinds of games that uh, folks mentioned in our survey that they use. So what is the strategy that you use? And often often is the case that the strategy is not good or bad, but you better have a strategy if you plan to be competitive and you want to win. So we've been able to talk to our kids about strategy and thinking ahead and planning for what is my next step. You know, even checkers is a game we often think of chess being a strategy game, but even checkers, you have to think about how are we going to set up my jumps? And I, Stacy's grandfather, who died a couple of years ago, it, uh, he was like three months shy of reaching 100 years old. And I'm telling you, uh, within about four years of his death, if you sat down at a checkerboard for, in front of him, he was going to whip your can. And all of a sudden, he'd take a three checker jump and you'd like, where in the world did that come from? But but great granddaddy was always thinking he he was a strategist. And so right up until the very end, he was a cunning strategist when it came to checkers. And so we need to teach our kids how to think ahead, how to plan, how to maneuver. It's all part of intentionality with how we play games and why we play games. Next thing I want to sh- say is share your passions. And um, so I know a lot of guys who have uh, participated in games that they like with their kids and they want to introduce their kids to certain games and certain experiences. And I think that's awesome. As a matter of fact, again, I'll, I'll go to the sports theme. And um, I love it when dads and, and moms as well will help their kids develop a love for a game that they love. Um, and, and so they'll spend time with that. It, any one of these areas, you can create opportunities to spend time with your kids. And so you can introduce them to things that you love. But here's the problem. You've, you've got to make sure that you do that in a way that is honoring to the kid and is actually helping them and not burning them out. 
I know dads who uh, who love tennis, for example, and they would take their kids out and play tennis. Well, by the time they were 13, they hated tennis because it's all that got pounded into them. Uh, or they hated baseball. And, and so you just have to make sure that you're bringing a kid along at their pace. Um, video games. Some guys say, hey, I love to play video games with my kids. Well, that's fine, but there have to be limits on all of these things because, uh, and, and we'll talk about this again some other time as well, but it troubles me the number of 30- and 40-year-old guys who are consumed by video games and spend hours playing video games at the expense of their family. Now, if you're playing with your kids and you're doing that in a meaningful family way that has boundaries on it with time and the intensity of the games and that sort of thing, then it, it can be a beautiful thing. But anything that we do of that nature can also get taken way out of bounds, and so we have to be careful with that. As a matter of fact, what I would prefer that you do is hit this next point, and that is enjoy your kids' passions. Instead of dragging your children to your passions, Dad, would you slow down long enough to understand what your kids are interested in, how they are wired, and then meet them there. You need to bend yourself to meet them so that you can teach them in the context of something that's fun and fitting for them. So uh, I'll give you an example for that. Um, it, it's it's not really a game, but uh, I would call home sometimes when when our boys were younger and Stacy was at home, and I would say, hey, what's what's going on? And she would give me a rundown of the day, and, and she would say, and I played Army Man. And I said, what, 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 you played Army Man? She said, yeah, I'm not very good at Army Man. The kids tell me that I'm just horrible. I don't know how to set up a base. I don't know how to do an attack. I don't know which guys go where and all this stuff. And so, but here's what was beautiful. My wife was on the floor playing Army Man with our kids. And that wasn't a game that had a lot of structure. It was a game that they did developed. It was an imagination game. But she was down there with them doing what was important to them. And so there are times, guys, when we need to say, hey, gate, sweetheart, your daughter, who, what game do you want to play? And you may find yourself, like I have found myself, playing Pretty Pretty Princess, wearing some plastic earrings on my earlobes and a tiara on my head because it's what Hannah wanted to play or some Cinderella game or something like that. Listen, guys, you have to go where they are, meet them there, love them, and use those opportunities that they want to create. You're the adult, so you use those to teach them life skills and lessons that are going to be encouraging and helpful to them. So keep that in mind. You want to lean into where they are and what their interests are. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And a lot of folks, they, you know, they, they malign that really in some way that, well, if I take my kid to church, they'll, they'll come back to church. They may drift away from it, but they'll come back to church. That's really not what that verse is all about. It's about understanding God's wiring in your child. As a matter of fact, this is uh, an odd tangent, but um, my son, Ben, who's a freshman in college, just uh, had the Strength Finders assessment done. And so I was reading last night his Strengths Finders assessment. And wow, how cool it is to look at his uh, this assessment of his personality and his strengths and say, yeah, that is that's Ben. And and so I was excited as a dad to see that profile of him because it affirmed things I already knew about him. He's quieter than his brothers and his sister. He um, is an introvert. He is uh, wired a little bit differently in terms of what is energizing to him and what makes him angry. And and so we need to to learn our kids' passions and leverage them 
often in the context of games to get to know them better and to affirm them as people, to affirm their skills, their giftings, their strengths, the way they think, um, all of those things. We can bless our children by understanding how they're wired and, and blessing and encouraging them. And then finally with this, um, and I'll, I'll make a couple other points, but my, my last big point here is laugh much, love much, learn much. So laugh with your kids. Man, you should be doing games that are just silly and funny. I don't even know what that, that one, the extraction where you pull your cheeks back and have to say things. That's ridiculously funny. Pictionary, we've had some great times with that. Telestrations is a new game. It's kind of like telephone, uh, the old game of telephone, but you draw pictures. We have laughed and laughed and laughed with those games in our home. And so you need to you need to laugh, and in laughing you will love, and then as you love and laugh, you will learn much about your kids, and they'll learn much about you. They'll learn about your character and your nature, and they'll learn about your sense of humor, and they will grow to appreciate the fact that you are willing to invest time with them. It's so important, folks. Now, I, I'll finish up with this. Uh, if you haven't, take a look at the survey responses from the Nobleman um, podcast survey about the games because it was really interesting, the various types of games that folks play, um, puzzles, video games, some outside games, lots of card games. I was very encouraged to see so many people play card games with their kids because that's really simple. And then lots of word games, Bananagrams, Scrabble, and things of that nature. So guys, look around. There are many opportunities to play games and simply have fun together as a family. But I would encourage you, Dad, as a leader of the family, to recognize that even in the playing of games, I can point my children to Christ. I can share redemption with them. I can share grace with them. I can teach them how to be merciful. I can teach them that there are rules to follow, and they need to do that well. Guys, don't waste any opportunities to teach spiritual truth and life lessons to your kids, and here's why. You are made in the image of your Father God, and He does not waste any experience in our lives to teach us and shape us and mold us into uh, to, to conform to the image of his son. And so you get to be on mission with God the Father in shaping and molding and, and um, changing the spiritual nature of your children and pointing them to Christ. You are on mission with God to do that. So don't waste those moments, guys. So listen, that's uh, that's our, our podcast for today. I want to make you aware that next uh, week we're going to launch a series of podcasts that uh, are going to be about the noble man reacting to and engaging with the women in his life. We're going to do the noble man honors his mother, the noble man cherishes his wife, the noble man delights in his daughter, and the noble man makes all women feel safe. That'll be the next four podcast series. So look for also the next survey question is going to be for you to reach out to your mom or someone in your life and ask them to answer this next survey question about what's the best Mother's Day gift they've ever gotten. Because Mother's Day, believe it or not, guys, is coming up in short order. And Kohl's is closed. Most of the stores where you would run in and get something for your mom are closed. So you're going to have to be super creative. Be thinking about that now because Mother's Day is coming right on your heels. God bless you, men. Remember, the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. So be a noble man. God bless you guys.